I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're it. right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who's who we have tonight? Uh, I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The internet, social media, dating, and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner, and we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims, family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. People often ask me if I can tell when I see a predator just by looking at them. And my answer is relatively routine. Many of these guys don't stand out of a crowd. That's mostly what they have in common. Very seldom do you see somebody surface in one of our investigations who literally has the word predator tattooed across their forehead. Typically, they look like somebody who could be a restaurant manager, Uber driver, all walks of life, somebody who could be standing next to you at the dry cleaners on a Saturday morning. And that's generally been the rule, and it is today. 
You know, I mentioned we have a big interview coming up with Dr. Joswell, who we caught in one of our Michigan investigations. Lengthy, sit-down, detailed interview that's compelling and in some ways alarming, in some ways it gives you faith that sometimes these guys can be rehabilitated. And here he was, a doctor. But sometimes you get a guy who walks into one of our sting houses and you just know by looking at him that this guy is capable of being a predator, of preying on a child. And I don't mean because of the way their hair is combed or what they're wearing, their physical attributes. I mean by the way they act. And one of these guys who just immediately creeped me out from the second I saw him on the monitor in one of our investigations was Roberto Forte. This was in Riverside County, California. And we had a home there with hidden cameras, obviously. We worked with Perverted Justice and the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. 51 guys showed up in the course of three days and nights. But Roberto, who at the time didn't get a lot of attention in the stories we did for Dateline, he had a minor role, if you will. But I remember him as if it were yesterday because of the way he walked in. He had a very short chat, Roberto did. 49 minutes from start to finish, he chatted with somebody he thought was a 13-year-old boy named Luke. It was sexually graphic. He left no doubt as to what he wanted to do to this boy. He said he would bring condoms, a camera, brew, meaning beer. He was going to teach him how to have sex in a way that wouldn't hurt him because the boy said he had done this once before with a man and it hurt. And Roberto Forte assured the boy, who was actually a decoy from perverted justice, that he knew how to do it, how to make him relax so he could enjoy the experience. Now, it was pretty clear from Roberto's chat, and we'll get into that in just a moment here, that this wasn't his first time. He would later claim to me that while he had hooked up with three different men online for sex, he had never hooked up with a minor, with a child before. But he sure seemed comfortable in the chat, and you'll hear what I'm talking about in just a moment here, talking to somebody who was 13 and acknowledged it right off the bat. In fact, Roberto lies in the chat. He says he's 42 as if that makes him somehow more attractive to a 13-year-old boy who's actually 55, as I said. Roberto had a profile on a social media platform that featured a picture of him shirtless, wearing gym shorts, flexing his biceps, smiling. He's a pretty fit guy, but I can't imagine anybody really wanting to see this particular type of photo. He's got a cat lying on his lap. 
Hi, Corona here. You there? Sup, says the decoy, posing as a 13-year-old boy. His screen name is River Rids 13 just to further make the point that he's 13 years old. Roberto uses the screen name SoCal128. Not sure the significance of that. Sup? No much, you? Roberto says, bored. How old are you? The decoy asks. 42, that okay? As I mentioned, he's really 55 at the time. You look that old, question mark. Been told I look cool, he says. The boy identifies himself as being 13. Mira Loma, that's where our sting house is. You got pics? The decoy asks. You like older, says Roberto. Yeah, I don't want no one to know I'm gay. Same here. Now, as you'll learn... Roberto is married and has children. And he admits this to me in our discussion, which you'll hear in a moment. And he admits it to Sheriff's Department detectives during his interview. You'll hear that as well. You have a pick? Roberto wants to know. Trade, says the decoy. Sure, send. Okay, you sending? Did. Hot. Scent, says Roberto. You look buff for old dude. You got some more? Yes, you? This continues. Way hot, says the boy. You too. Robert here. You? Luke. Nice name. You been with men already? Once. What did you do? Made out. Sucked. He fucked me. It hurt. How old was he? Said 30, but I think older. I see, he says. He's hooked. You can tell by the transcripts. He's hooked. Now, maybe we didn't know it at the time, but looking back over the years, remember, this was only our third investigation. The first one where we collaborated with law enforcement. Roberto sees an opening. He's going to go for it. Would you want to try it again? He asks. Totally. Really? If done right, it doesn't hurt. Really? Yes. The trick is to relax the muscle first. How do you do that, the boy asks. Fingers, tongue, lots of massages, no rush. Wow. See, old guys know shit, he says. The trick is to bring the pleasure out, not the pain. You sound nice, says the decoy. Thanks. Would be cool to show you. Now, this is no longer just chat. This is grooming... Roberto is a fast mover. Would you see me sometime? I'm here alone all day. Be right back, says River Rids 13. I could come now, says SoCal 128. Roberto Forte. The boy tells a story to Roberto about how his lab partner from school, again, just to drive the point home, he's 13 is coming over to his house to work on a project together for class. They talk about a time, 2.30 to be safe. The boy says he doesn't have a camera. Roberto volunteers to bring one. So now the picture is emerging 
of a 55-year-old man driving 30 minutes, he doesn't live that far away, to meet a 13-year-old boy for rape. Right? There's no way around this. The boy's 13. He can't give consent. There's no doubt about the intent. Logistics are discussed. The decoy says he's boned to meet Roberto. When I get there, should I just ring the bell? I'm not allowed in the living room or dining room. And my friend's got to use the back door because the rug is like some fucking gold thing. So just come around back and come in the sliding door. If you remember, in the Riverside Sting, we had a, you know, four or five bedroom family home in a nice neighborhood. But the predators were invited to walk along the parallel sidewalk and come in the patio door, the sliding glass door. There was a red curtain there. And it was especially creepy as many of them would pull the curtain away and poke their nose in. And here comes Roberto Forte. He's got these big sunglasses on as if to mask his face. He's wearing a short sleeve shirt, slacks. Del Harvey of Perverted Justice is pretending to be the 13-year-old boy, says they've got to brush their teeth and be right out. Roberto's carrying the bag that has exactly one Heineken, one condom, and a camera in it. Roberto slides the door shut and comes in. He's got these big sunglasses on, as I mentioned. He's very stiff. Looks like very suspicious. He's scanning the room. And in one swift move, he flips up his glasses, starts looking around. Then he takes them off his head, trying to flick them closed, puts them in a pocket. He's looking around, but he doesn't get much of a chance to take in the house because in just a matter of seconds, I walk in. Remember, we didn't have an on-site decoy per se. Sometimes Dell would come close to being seen or would be seen. But remember, Dell was a young woman, not a 13-year-old boy. The voice was convincing, but the physical stature, not so much. So once the conversation took place and the predator was in the house, I walked out. What's going on? Oh, all right. Let's have a seat, please. He's stunned, Roberto is. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Quick, he's going to speak. Please sit down. Yes. He complies and has a seat. No, I thought I'd screw up. I'm sorry? I thought I'd screw up. You're what? I'm screw up. You're screwed up? Yeah. I'm a totally screw up. I screw up. Roberto has a bit of an accent. I don't know whether it was Italian or some other European accent, but we do know that at the time that he surfaced in our investigation, he had just lost his job as a manager of a restaurant. 
the restaurant had closed. And so apparently he had spare time to screw up and, as he put it in his own words, be an idiot. How did you screw up today? Because I should have done what I did. What did you do? You know what I did. Now, he doesn't try to run. He doesn't try to justify his behavior, doesn't do as some predators try to do and convince me that it's the girl's fault or the boy's fault or I just came over to protect them or anything like that. He takes it on the head. What he did was bad, it was wrong, and he knows it. Now, admitting it isn't going to do him any good because he's already committed the crime. And I would argue to all of you that if we had not been there and there had been a willing 13-year-old boy, Roberto Forte would have had sex with him, sexually assaulted him. His earlier meetings with adults whom he met online were a prelude to fulfilling this fantasy that he was going to carry out on this particular day in Riverside County, California. But he sits there and answers the questions I ask him. And he has no idea whether I'm the cop, the dad. I think he thought I was law enforcement. He certainly had no idea that I was with Dateline NBC doing a series called To Catch a Predator. He'll find that out about six and a half minutes into our discussion. Well, why don't you tell me so I know? Why did you come here today? Because I'm an idiot. You're an idiot? Yes, totally idiot. I'm very sorry. I asked him specifically what he thought would have happened between him and the 13-year-old boy. And he says, I don't want to think about it. But then he backs off saying, I might not have done it. What did you think was going to happen when you got here today? I'd rather don't think about it. You don't want to think about it? I'd rather don't. I'm really stupid. Who did you think you were going to meet here today? A boy. A boy. A 13-year-old boy. Named Luke. Right? Yes. And what were you going to do with Luke? I don't know, really. You don't know? No. Maybe nothing. Maybe not. No. What did you want to do with Luke? I never done this. Um, <sighs> You've never done it? No, I never did. You know, I hear that a fair amount. I never do. And sometimes, most of the time, it's not true. I never do. So you can see why I have a hard time believing. You're right. Totally. Now, in the moment when he says to my statement about, I hear this all the time, I wasn't going to do anything. He, he sort of indicates by saying, I, I know you do, like maybe he had seen an earlier episode of our show, of one of our investigations. But looking back, I don't think he was hip to it. I think he just thought I was a detective or the mad dad. And I ask him to inventory what he's brought in the bag. He lays it all out. What is in the bag? 
The camera. What? What? What else? A camera. What else? And a beer for me. Please take it out. Yes. You got a Heineken beer, and show me what else. Camera. Camera. And what were you going to do with the camera? No. I press him on what he was going to do with the camera. I think it's pretty clear what would have happened, but at first he says nothing. Well, what do people usually do with cameras? Take pictures. Take pictures. And what were you going to take pictures of today? Nothing. Nothing. Then why did you bring the camera? I, I don't know what I was going to do. I, I, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I, I'm an idiot. You know, I, I, I'm so stupid. I feel so stupid. You know, I'm. And I don't know what to say. I really feel stupid. What is your name? Roberto. Roberto. Yes. And what's your last name? Forte. What is how do you spell that? F O R T E. F O R T E. And Roberto, what do you do for a living? What is your job? I manage a restaurant. You manage a restaurant. Yes. And which restaurant is that? Well, actually, right now I'm not working. You're not working. No. You used to manage a restaurant. Yeah, I used to manage a restaurant. It's closed. Bankrupted. So you're out of work now? Yes. Not working. Too much time on your hands, eh, Roberto? What am I to make of this conversation that you had with this? Only one thing. The only thing you can make is that you know I'm I really an idiot. I've never been so humiliated, embarrassed, and feel so stupid in my life. And I, I actually I deserve to be humiliated. I do. You deserve to be humiliated. I do. I've been an idiot. I'm sorry. And now he gets to the point where he says he's humiliated. That's right. Roberto Forte says he's humiliated. No discussion, no thought of how he was going to humiliate a 13-year-old boy. What impact this would have on his life whether he was creating another generation of predators, the damage that he could have done to a 13-year-old boy, none of that, he's humiliated. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Luke says that he had a sexual liaison with another man and it really hurt. You say to him, you've done all right, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. The trick is to relax and move on yeah. and get into a lot of detail. The only line is so simple to say stupid things. You know, it's so simple. You don't see people, you know. But this isn't pretend here. This wasn't just some fantasy. You got in a car and drove to this town to meet Luke, who you thought was a 13-year-old. So it's not pretend anymore. It's not in the pretend internet world. It's real. You're here. That's right. He blames it on how simple it is to say stupid things online. How about criminal things, Roberto? How about that? He is right about one thing, though. We do see people get way too comfortable, way too criminal because of the dehumanization of these chats online. It happens to this very day. People say things online they would not say face to face. 
They get all wound up, all excited about this fantasy, and then they cross this line between fantasy and reality, and we see them coming in our back door, just like Roberto. And because Roberto is willing to talk to me, I'm going to dig as deep as I can into his mind to try to learn as much as I can about how a predator's mind works. There's some insight, but he's still in denial. Why should I believe you? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You bring brews? Sure. I love brews. You brought beer? No, that was for me, actually. He asked you to bring it for him. I wasn't going to do it then. So now he's going to argue that he's not that bad of a guy because he only brought one beer for himself. He wasn't going to contribute to the delinquency of a minor by giving him alcohol, but he was going to sodomize him. That's okay in Roberto's mind. But the beer, no, that's off limits. I don't got no rubbers. You say I do. Did you bring condoms with you today? I won. You have one. Is that a photo that you sent? Yes, it is. And your profile, SoCal128? Yes. So you sent pictures of yourself posing. You brought a condom. You brought a camera. You brought a beer. But you say to me now that you had no intention of having sex with a 13 or 14 year old No. You thought lived in this house. Well... I don't know if I could have gone through that, to be honest, but, you know, I don't know. It didn't happen. But you know it's against the law to use the internet yeah. to try to solicit sex from someone who you think is underage. You're right. You're right. The law is pretty darn clear. Yes, you're right. Totally right. So what should happen to you? I don't know. I, don't know. I have a family, too. I ask him what he thinks should happen to him. I don't know. I have family, too. You have a family? I have a family, yes. Do you have children? Yes, I do. And what if a man came into your home when you weren't there with a beer, a condom, and a camera to meet one of your children? Yeah, right. How would you feel? Terrible. 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 That's how he would feel. And now it's time for me to tell Roberto exactly who I am. And listen to what he tries to argue. He tries, after admitting he was wrong, after admitting he's an idiot, after admitting that he is humiliated and he deserves to be, he tries to argue that it's unfair for me to put him on television. The rest of it's wrong, it's bad, but it, it's not fair. He doesn't want his family to know what he's done. And remember, this is 2006, only our third investigation. So when he sees the cameras come out after I tell him who I am, that's the signal to the crews, he's quite stunned. Well, there's a couple things you need to know. One is, I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. We're doing a story on computer predator. If there's anything else you'd like to say, we'd be happy to hear it. If not, you're obviously free to leave. This is going to go on TV? It may. Oh, come on. 
But we're doing the story, and you made the choice to come. So, no final decisions have been made, but this is on camera. I understand, but can you turn the camera off for a moment? I can't, I can't do that. I'm going to keep it here, whatever you have to say, and you're obviously welcome to walk out the door. No, I understand. I'm just saying that, you know, I mean, it's not right to, to, to go on TV. Is it right to walk into something? No, no, absolutely not. You made the choice to come I know. Still, it's not, it's not right that you, know, you go on TV. Then he asks a question that a lot of predators ask me. Can you turn the camera off for a moment so we can talk? No, Roberto, I cannot. The camera will stay on no matter what you say. You're free to leave. And I don't think Roberto had turned the corner yet to realize that law enforcement would be waiting for him outside, that the Riverside County Sheriff's Office had detectives and deputies waiting. It's a lot to process, of course, for anyone. So he tries to convince me for a little while longer that this shouldn't go on TV. And I tell him, honestly, at the time, that we didn't know whether or not his particular case would be on television. Remember, 51 men surfaced there. Not everybody was going to have a a major role. At the time, we would do an investigation and we would make two hours of television on it. At the time, we would do an investigation that make two hours of television out of it for Dateline. It wasn't until later when we did versions of the investigations for MSNBC that we got more detailed into each individual case, which viewers found fascinating, I found fascinating, and I think law enforcement found it fascinating. Therapists found it fascinating, and they do today, which is why we take each individual case and get into great detail in the takedown investigations on True Blue. Where is going to go? Where is going to go? We are working on a story for Dateline NBC. I don't know everything that's going to be in the story. Those decisions will be made later. I can give you a card if you'd like to call me in a couple of weeks, and I may know more. I'd be happy to take your phone call. So I tell him no decisions have been made. I give him a business card so he can stay in touch. As far as I can remember, Roberto never called me. He did have a very uncomfortable discussion, however, with the Riverside County Sheriff's detectives after he left. Take a listen. With your rights in mind, will you talk to me? I'll try. He tells the detective that he and his wife are splitting up and it's caused him a lot of stress. You've had sex with men before. That happens. Happened? Yeah. Your wife know this? No, she doesn't. That's right. Roberto Forte tells the detective that he's had sex with men before. And when the detective presses him as to whether or not his wife knows, he says she does not. Roberto pleaded guilty pretty quickly after he was arrested to two felonies. He spent 30 months in prison. I wanted to talk to Roberto as I do all of the predators I've caught, but that unfortunately 
would be impossible. About a year after Roberto was released from prison, he died. And despite our best efforts and research, we have not been able to determine how or why. More of our story in a moment. As always, I like to hear from you. This week's question comes from Alex in Lincoln, Nebraska. Hi, Chris. My name is Alex Burbage, and I'm from Olathe, Kansas. I go to school at the University of Nebraska, and I'm on the baseball team, so go Huskers. But I wanted to ask you about something that's kind of shaken up the community here in Lincoln. I'm not sure how much of this you've heard about, but a few months ago, there was a 26-year-old named Zach Seitch who forged documents and attended two separate high schools in Lincoln to have sexual relations with high school-age girls and get nude photos from them. As a criminal justice major, I'm, one, fascinated by stories like this, especially since I've had friends that actually went to high school with him the first time and said that he creeped on them during high school at Lincoln Southeast. I'm really interested in what goes through someone's head to make them want to do this, but also, two, I'm disgusted that there are people that, like you always say, blend in and don't stick out of a crowd at all, and yet engage in activities like these. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts about that, since it's something that happened in my community and hit close to home. Thank you for everything you do to keep our kids safe, and thank you for taking time out of your day to talk about this. Take care. Thank you, Alex. It's interesting because that is a case we have actually covered on True Blue. We did a piece for our crime magazine, our news magazine, called True Crime Nation, in which I interviewed the assistant police chief in Lincoln, Nebraska. And this case of Zachary Scheich, a.k.a. Zach Hess, is fascinating. This is a 26-year-old guy, as Alex said, who masqueraded as a teenager and enrolled in high school, allegedly with the intent to have sex with underage girls. He was arrested last summer after parents became suspicious and reported this to the school, which reported it to the Lincoln Police Department. Since then, Zach Seich has been charged with 15 counts related to sexually exploiting children at the school including six counts of child enticement, sexual assault, sex trafficking, and child porn. And the last we checked, more students were coming forward to report allegations to the Lincoln Police Department. It's a major case. In terms of what goes through this guy's mind, Alex, he's fulfilling a fantasy, I suppose. What I don't understand is how he thought he would get away with it. I mean, obviously, you knew he was of age. Other people in the community knew he was of age. And it was just a matter of time until he got caught. Now we find out that his father was a community leader and has spoken out against his son's actions condemn them in a very loud and clear way. 
He has pleaded not guilty and the case is working its way through the court system. We will keep you posted here on the podcast and on True Blue. I mentioned that we would soon have some news on the Dr. Parminder Jaswal interview. It's in editing now. It looks like it's going to be released on True Blue after the holidays. And we will do a version here on Predators I've Caught. You can find me all over social media at Chris Hansen on Twitter, official Chris Hansen on Instagram, TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen, Cameo. And as always, right here at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. A Huda Media Production.